Good morning, Tucson Hospice Family Care. I'm Derek. And I'm Laura. And we are your chaplains. Laura and I would like to come to you every month with something that you can use to help you in your self-care and your personal and your spiritual renewal and in your connection with yourself, your family, and to our patients and their families. And before we get started on this brand new endeavor, wanted to introduce you guys a little bit more to uh, Laura and, and let you get to know her a little bit better. So Laura, you've been with us now for a few months. Why did you choose hospice family care over what I personally know uh, could have been any number of opportunities uh, for you in the area of chaplaincy and, and even more specifically, why hospice? So I'm going to start with why hospice. And when I moved here a little over six years ago, I had been working in Colorado and I was, I had a private practice as a therapist and also I was working in a university as a therapist and I came here wanting to give myself permission to do whatever. And I had the question, what am I like when I'm not working with people who are in pain? And the answer became that I work with people in pain because I ended up working for hospice. That is what I was drawn to. And it seemed like that was where, for me, God was directing me and I worked for hospice for a year as a social worker. And then that sparked my decision to do what I'd been wanting to do probably since I was 16. And I went to seminary. So I spent five years um, in seminary and working at churches. And then in the final year in a residency, which is where Derek and I met, where I met you, Derek. And I finished seminary also not necessarily planning on hospice. And came out of it thinking, you know what, that's where I want to go. Hospice family care came because, frankly, Derek talked about the work environment, how much he loved it, and I knew that was probably the most important part of any job is being able to work well with the people you work with. So here I am. Thanks for asking. Awesome. Yeah, it's great to have you. Glad we get to work together again. And uh, for everyone listening, hope that, that you know how much uh, both Laura and I care about you guys and, and how much we want to be here uh, for you. Uh, so every month we want to provide uh, something uh, a little bit more substantial than just uh, blabbing around uh, on, on some microphones. And, and so we, we want to come with something that you can use as a tool uh, to, to help you uh, in your, uh, like, like I said before, in your personal journey, uh, pouring ourselves out into caring for, for hospice patients and their families is clearly something that uh, is both highly rewarding and also highly exhausting. And so it's so important for us to have some things that we can connect to. So Laura brought this uh, to us this month. And, and why don't you, Laura, go ahead and tell us uh, a little bit about this activity. And then, and then you and I are going to go through it uh, ourselves as kind of a guide to uh, the rest of the folks in the office. So this is called emotional substitution activity. And it's a way to explore our emotions, our feelings, and better understand the ways that we manage them and express them or hide them. Um, it's a way to 
open ourselves up to awareness and to allowing ourselves to feel what we're feeling and express those feelings in healthy ways and encourage others to do the same. I, I believe that the more we understand ourselves emotionally and explore our own history, the better we are able to be present and supportive for the people we're caring for. Right. Exactly. So, so let's go through this. You've, you've got uh, three or four questions. And by the way, um, we will be attaching this uh, as we send it out to you over email. We'll also be attaching this document uh, to that email so that you can uh, use it and, and reflect on it and contemplate over it. Uh, so, so let's, let's go through this. Um, and, and the first, first question on this is growing up, uh, and you you answer it, and then I'll answer it. What okay. what what feeling did you most have permission to express? I think um, it's interesting. With each parent, it was a little different. When I think back, um, interestingly powerful um, was okay. Joy was okay. Uh, my dad in particular had visions of me being someone great. So powerful was acceptable. Okay. What, what, um, what brought you joy as a kid? Joy was, um, the, the things that came to mind when I first asked myself this question was going to visit my family in Connecticut, going camping in Vermont, New Hampshire, um, visiting my family in New Jersey, going to my great grandfather's and having um, on Sunday and having um, pasta and with my Italian family members in New Jersey, mm. those playing games with, with my brother and my my father and mother and, and, and playing with my friends. That was my joy. Awesome. For me, um, I was, I was definitely, I had permission to express joy. I had permission to express gratitude. What I didn't have permission to express was disappointment. Um, and as, as a, as a kid who was adopted, there was a lot of that, not in my, my, adopted family and my mom and my dad uh and and at the time i didn't know why it was there I, it's only been through uh probably the last 15 years of doing a lot of exploration into that as to why there was disappointment and a, and a high level of of feeling rejected um and i i turned all of that inward um on me uh for sure which which led to a whole lot of other issues uh that um I'm now uh, working out for sure, but uh, mm -hmm. but yeah, it it, it was. Uh, um, um, I think did I jump ahead? Oh, I did jump ahead, didn't I? Um, but anyway, that was those were the two. Those that joy and gratitude were the two that I was allowed to express. So then, growing up, what what feeling were you not uh, or rarely given permission uh, to express? So you use the word dis disappointment, and I, I think it was the same. Um, anger and sadness um, and even fear weren't as accepted, and in particular, sadness. 
So, um, yeah, my mother uh, was diagnosed with Parkinson's disease when I was eight, and it absolutely wow. would crush her if I showed my sadness. She did not want to make me sad. Wow. And um, and I sensed that. I was a, a highly intuitive kid. I knew that. I think I was also terrified by it because my grandmother died suddenly when I was three, and I think she, I think I saw my mother very sad. And so sadness was something I just, I literally was numb, not sad. Wow. Um, yeah, anger, I could be angry with my dad, but not with my mother. Again, same reason. Yeah. She just needed, she loved me. She was great, but she couldn't tolerate thinking she'd angered me or made me sad. Wow, wow. Yeah, well, and I, I jumped ahead and answered that, uh, that question um, uh, for myself, but... It's it's so interesting how even now as you know having having kids of my own how if they are disappointed in me I scapegoat back onto them and I and I get mad at them because you know I'm trying my hardest as a parent and yet it's so difficult to hold that as human beings we we disappoint people and especially the people closest to us and and so uh definitely not even even to this day my parents have a real hard time with with me expressing any sort of disappointment what feeling did you learn to most often substitute for the feeling that you couldn't express for me honestly i got numb mm. i which is, I know, scary as a therapist. Um, but I, I was so overwhelmed by all the things going on. I, I was competent and capable and numb. Wow, yeah, that's amazing. What we do to substitute? <laughs> I, I, I went to either extreme anger uh, because I, I, I had so much frustration, and that led to a lot of self hate that then would just come out and, and explode or extreme uh, kind of euphoric spazzing out, uh, you know, just kind of like wanting to go full on in the other direction of, you know, of whatever it was I was doing, music or playing with my friends in the neighborhood or, uh, you know, as I got older, you know, just the different activities that I was doing uh, in, in sports or in, in the community, it was like I, I became hyper-focused on trying to tap into that, that feeling of euphoria. Uh, and, and so it was, it was kind of an up-and-down existence for sure. But anyway, well, do you have any, any final thoughts you want to share on any of this? Um, yeah, I think that it's important to look at where we were, but also understand we've come a long way. Right. And um, I, we, you've mentioned your kids. I certainly learned a lot from parenting, from being married, from, and so it's interesting to look at our own journeys and where we were and where we've come and, and, and know that we still have work to do. And it's still weird to me when I catch myself in the numb place because I've worked very hard to feel what I feel. Yeah. And it's okay. It's okay when I go there 
it's because I'm human. It's because of what I went through. Right. So I think uh, just be kind to ourselves as, mm. as we do these explorations, as kind as we would be to our own beloved child. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, and to, to all of you, uh, you know, in the office listening to this, just, you know, I just agree with Laura that uh, the work continues. And, and yes, we're here to help our patients and our families and certainly our patients and families are dealing with all of these same things, feelings that they were allowed to express, weren't allowed to express, but so are we. And, and Laura and I, part of our job is to uh, help you guys process through these things as they come up because they certainly do many times get triggered due to the patients and families that we are working with. So please don't ever, ever hesitate to contact us. Uh, we love you guys and, and we truly want to be here uh, to help you um, reconnect and, and, and be revitalized uh, so that all of us can, can continue what I think is the calling that we all have to, to really care deeply uh, for, for the patients that we have and for their families. So thanks for being with us today. Thanks for listening. Thanks for all that you do. You guys are the superheroes of our office and of our city. And uh, we'll talk to you next month. Have a great day.